This is Off Script with Trish Glose, intimate interviews and conversations with interesting people. In front of my microphone today is Jeff Matchkey. You just laughed when I said interesting. I was just interesting people. Yeah. Um, so I want you to give the microphone a little bit more love there, Jeff Matchkey. Um, we were talking before you said this is so weird. This this whole thing is very weird for you. It's just not my repertoire. Okay. Not something I'm used to. Well, that's all right. Uh, we're going to have a really interesting conversation today. Uh, you are a Medford firefighter. How right. long have you been with Medford? Um, four and a half years or so. Okay. You're also um, an Army veteran. Correct. Okay. And that's really the main reason why I wanted you here, because I know your story is pretty interesting. Um, first, let's go back. Where are you from originally? Um, I'm outside of Oakland, the East Bay, where I was raised, and then uh, spent time there until I was about 18 and then joined the army and left as soon as I could. Okay. So you're, I mean, you're a California kid. Correct. Okay. Uh, what were you, what was your childhood like? Um, sports, um, uh, drums, music. Um, I wasn't home a lot. I was always gone with friends and just, you know, you can't mm -hmm. do that stuff nowadays, but then we were gone until nighttime lights, you know, out in the street, come on and, you yeah. know, head home. That's, uh, so, that's funny you said that. Um, Chuck said, my husband says that all the time. Like, they would be out, you know, riding bikes or whatever. And then as soon as the street lights came on, that was time to go home. You knew to get home or else you're in trouble. Yeah. So. And he also says, because he's from Huntington Beach, um, the fireworks at Disneyland, when those started to go off, that's also when he knew it's time to go home. And lived a long ways away. Yeah, from yeah, Disney you did, Man. you did. So, what did you play? What sports did you play in high um, school? Just ball, basically. I played um, uh, outfield, center, um, shortstop, catcher. Okay. For about eight years, so. And then army came really fast for you, right after high school. Correct. Okay. What made you decide to go into the army? Uh, I always wanted to since I was about eight years old. My, um, I have a. Um, um, uncle of mine who was in and he spoke to me about it ever since I was younger and I would always ask him about it and watch war movies as a kid and I just wanted to serve. Um, I knew that we were so young, especially here in the um, states that, you know, I wanted to do what everyone else before me did mm -hmm. and was to serve and I was working at a studio doing um, uh, runs for um, alcohol and whatnot. Um, I'm at the bars and um, I woke up the morning of um, of um, um, September 11th and okay. saw what happened. And I hollered at my uh, um, army recruiter and was like, hey, when can I leave? And so he was like, all right. So signed up real quick and I left about three and a half months, four months after that. Um, and went over to uh, um, a school of infantry over in Georgia, wow. Benning. So, so you were if just go back a little bit. So you were you knew you wanted to go into Correct. the military, army <clears throat> specifically. Um, I wanted to go in actually the Corps first, but they don't at the time. I don't know how they are now, but uh, there's no job guarantees, and I didn't really like that too much, mm -hmm. and so. I was like, well, I'm not going to sign an open-ended contract to where I could be anything. And so that's what I was told was that you don't, that you're not jobs guaranteed. So I joined the Army and was offered what I wanted. 
So. Okay. And so I think for a, for a lot of people, the military, joining the military is very scary and intimidating because mm -hmm. you're, you're pretty much, as soon as you're in, that's it. Yeah. You're essentially handing your life over to someone else. You are, for sure. Okay. So, but for you, it was something that you kind of grew up with, it sounds Correct. like. Okay, Correct. so not only family members, but just even as a as a young child, it was just watching war movies. Something and... I always wanted to do. Okay. I, I actually had no dreams of doing anything else. I didn't know I was, you know, going to go to school after the Army and mm -hmm. do what I am now. Right. I, I had no idea. Okay. And then in high school, what kind of, sorry, I'm just jumping all over the place. What kind of kid were you in high school? Good kid? Um, no. Bad kid? No. <laughs> Uh, I was good, you know, for the most part, right. um, but I raised a little hell, you know, and mm -hmm. just kind of did my own thing. Okay. Just hung out with friends and kind of just ran around and... Right. So... So you decide, you decide at 18, that's it, you're, you're going into um, the Army. What unit? I was in the 1st Cavalry Division out of Fort Hood. Okay. Infantry. Correct. And so... Explain that to me a little bit. Infantry means what? Uh, you're on the ground. Um, we uh, rolled around in Humvees, Bradleys, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So you have your blight infantry, which your um, husband was was in. Right. And then we were mechanized. So you have the tanks, the Bradleys, and that, all of those. And so that's how we would get around to... Um, I'm over in Iraq and mm -hmm. um, and I'm everywhere else we went. Okay. A little bit of a badass. No. No? No. Not at all? No. Just, you know, just, you know, I don't consider myself any of those things. And I know a lot of guys don't either. You know, we just did what we wanted to do. And, you know, um, we're, I'm asked, you know, t to mm -hmm. do it. So. It was a job. Not really a job. It was for me, it was something I always wanted to do, so that was my life. Okay. That's all I ever thought about doing. I didn't think about any um, any other jobs or anything else. So. so you were stationed in Georgia? Uh, I was for three months in boot camp and then went um, went to a base outside of uh, um, um, Austin. Okay. About a half hour north of Austin, Texas. Okay where it's at. It's actually centrally located there in Texas. Okay. So you're there in Texas. What year is this? Uh, 2002 to 2008. Okay. So September 11th happened before you were in the army? Or Correct. You? Okay. Correct. I had already, I had already started all of my stuff to get, uh, to actually go in. Okay. And then after that happened, I rushed to get more stuff done and then after everything was done, I enlisted. And uh, at that time, they were sending, it seemed like thousands of people a day. Because when I got to Georgia, you're in a reception area. And mm -hmm. usually you're only there for like, I guess it's like three to five days. I was there um, uh, for about a month. Okay. Because they were just pushing so many guys in that they couldn't ship them out of fast enough into boot camp. So you'd already made the decision to go into the army. September 11th happens and that sounds it sounds like that really fueled your fire even oh, yeah. more. No, it did, for sure. I was 
I saw the plane hit the second one and I was like, nope, we are heading to war. I mean, it was, I mean, obvious. And so. Uh, what emotion specifically? Was there any like um, anger? Uh, s- s- anger, sadness, distraught, like how could this happen on our own soil? Mm-hmm. You know, nothing like that that major has, you know, uh, um, happened. I mean, you see it all over the world, mm-hmm. you know, but not where we are. Okay. And so, um, so you're, you're in Texas. When was your first deployment? Uh, we left for Iraq, um, March, uh, the f- end of, of February, uh, March of 04. Okay. So your thoughts heading into Iraq, was it just, were you, I mean, well, you tell me, what kind of um, emotions were you experiencing at this point? Scared, nervous, yeah. excited. Um, excited to actually be able to do my job. Uh, we were supposed to go on the first wave, actually, but our orders got canceled. So we ended up leaving, I think it was six or seven months after the war had already started. And we were all pretty pissed about that. We're like, we wanted to be in the first start of the war we mm-hmm. had done ops um, over at hood to, to actually p- prepare for those things we did um, raft operations and stuff like that to to get ready for it and then we ended up leaving mm-hmm. six seven months later okay was that your first and only deployment or did you uh, go again i did two deployments okay uh, um uh um, the first one was in Sauter City in 04 to 05, and then 06 to 08 was um, up north. Okay. So that first deployment, how did that go? Um, it was fine. We were told it was it was going to be uh, easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, where we were going had no issues throughout their um, year there, roughly, that they were there. And then... When that we got there, um, everything kind of went to hell. Um, How so? Uh, Solder City blew up, um, and um, one of our units got ambushed. And so um, I was actually in the talk, which is the kind of your newsroom where all the radios are and okay. whatnot. And so I was, um, we were up there, and one of our units got ambushed. And so. Um, a lot of things happened, a lot of emotions that day and throughout the rest of the tour. So you're in this room. Are you hearing on the radio? Correct. Ugh. Correct. What was that like? Um, something that I obviously won't ever forget because uh-huh. um, I knew a lot of the guys uh, out there and also the ones who got sent out to help them. It was my old uh, – I'm a – platoon that was um out there okay and so i'm assuming there were some deaths uh there were uh there was um seven deaths uh that day and then um because it took a long time to get uh our other units to the guys right and so there's actually um a movie or it's a I think it's a 10-part series on it on Nat Geo did yeah. it, the Long Road Home. Chuck and was actually telling me that, yeah, about it. That's awesome. And so those guys are my heroes. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I know them. They did the inevitable. You know, they sacrificed. I mean, yeah, we all did. But, you know, that day and the events leading 
up to that and then beyond that are you know strenuous enough mm -hmm. so well and at the same time you know you guys are out there doing your job there are risks involved like Correct. you know that it's not a guarantee that you're going to come back from a mission or something alive no, no no there's not you know you i mean when when that you consider it you know it's like so i spent the first four months inside the talk and i would uh, go out when i could and then uh since i worked underneath the colonel right um mm -hmm. i would always ask be like when am i able to go you know on you know actually go out again on um uh, i'm on the line and so finally after asking to go i'm a back down he was like all right jeff or m man he would call me he's like mm -hmm. all right go he called you what uh m man okay and so he sent me down to my old unit or okay. my old um 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 a platoon because you just so, you wanted to go correct you were like let's let's do this yeah i'm i uh, even though every job or every part has a job mm -hmm. uh i wanted to be with with all of my friends on the line, out the wire every day. I didn't like sitting in the wire. I didn't like to um, uh, be able to not go out every day. Okay, so, so that that first deployment, and just so everybody knows, that ambush has been, they've created a series correct. on television, so people can actually watch and correct. hear this story, and there's a book too. Correct. Have you read the book? Uh, I did, it took me a while to read it. Um, and then it, it took me even longer to actually watch the full series. Uh, just because it was... Just because it, I mean, I mean, obviously I know mm -hmm. what happened mm -hmm. and to relive it through that. Um, when they were uh, um, uh, filming it, I was actually able to go to my old base and actually um, meet um, a lot of the cast members and actually be in small parts as an extra here and there. And it was, it was awesome to see all of my old army uh, friends again who were there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to experience that with them and to see where they actually made the film and where they did everything with it. Okay, so, so you come home from this deployment. Correct. And home is, um, I mean, did you I'm go back to Texas? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, was there anything when you got, when you got back, you know, we talk about, post-traumatic stress disorder, mm -hmm. PTSD all the time in the news. Was that something that, you know, was it real for you when you got back? Um, as far as Would, Did you experience any sort of PTSD when you, when you um, got back? I honestly did, um, at the time I didn't think no? so. Okay. I thought everything was fine. Uh, and it really wasn't a big issue back then because it was so new mm -hmm. and it wasn't really looked at at that time so when that we would get back they'd be like you'd have to go through this long line of panels like okay are you sick not do you need help da 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 and it was like nope we're good bye and well that of course was it. yeah you, you know there's yeah. no well yeah i'm sad there wasn't any of that stuff you mm -hmm. know we we really handled all that stuff within our group um, okay. uh unit or friends right and so. looking back now though do you think, yeah, I, I did suffer from... Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, you don't go through anything mm -hmm. like that and not have any, 
something. You know, yeah, exactly. Something happened. Right. You know, and and honestly, I didn't realize that I really had any of that until probably a few years ago to last year. Mm -hmm. So, and that even this year, because after my second deployment, I got hurt. Um, a a um, uh, um, IED blew up underneath our Bradley and we all got evac'd out. And so, so yeah, let's talk about that. Cause you went back a second time. Um, when was that second deployment? Uh, oh, um, that was, uh, October of 06. Okay. So. so you are, well, you explain it. You guys were on like a mission. You were driving yeah, around. Yeah, we were, we were on a nine day mission and, um, on the eight or nine day. And on the last day, um, we, uh, we were on a route and we were the lead Bradley and you could see the guns, um, um, our guns, uh, turn and you could see a guy and then uh, I'm an explosion, and then like everything else is kind of intermittent hit or mix. And I remember the, the explosion, and then I remember being naked on a Blackhawk, uh, flying to the um, hospital, and <laughs> it was cold. And that's about all I remember <laughs> out of all that. So that's pretty. That's pretty good. Um, so did you guys drive over? Uh, yeah, an so IED? we, uh, we had, um, we were the lead Bradley. Okay. And when we were going, it, uh, um, blew up underneath us. And I was told, um, later by some of our guys who were still, um, there, um, who were actually engaged after that. Right. That I guess it was four, one, four of five, five arty rounds, which are pretty big bombs. And then they also had a secondary one to actually hit the f fuel tank and that have it ignite on us. So the, the first one blew, um, hit the tanks, everything. Mm -hmm. We were all in diesel and everything else. And then the s second one, I guess, um, was, was, it was, it was supposed to actually have it ignite on us, but that, obviously never happened. So how so, many people were in this vehicle uh, that you there were There was six of us, sorry. You're fine. There was six of, well, myself as a team leader, my squad leader, and then my three guys, and then the other, some of the other, there was probably total between the crew of the actual Bradley, that was three, and then us, there was probably nine guys. Okay. In, and uh inside of it so luckily nobody died okay so that was obviously a plus right um but uh four of us got evac'd uh out okay uh what were what were your injuries um i took shrapnel in my left leg um s severe nerve um uh um issues in my leg and a um, head injury a head injury it. okay um so you, your next memory is being naked on a Blackhawk, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and you were flown where? Um, LSA, uh, I'm Anaconda, okay. which is in, I'm a, I'm a, a lot. Okay. So any recollection after that? I mean. Yeah, no. Um, uh, I started to actually, uh, I was actually able to, started to see and actually know where okay. I was at and what was uh, going on. I couldn't, um, if. Um, I feel my left leg at all. It was completely numb and about, so 
four, five months after that, I am actually ended up staying in Iraq. Um, I got moved as to an armor, so I would um, issue out guns and send them out mm -hmm. to get fixed and whatnot. And one of my f f friends of mine who I was in Iraq with the first time was the armor, so he took over my team and I took over his job. Okay. So I stayed there. Um, I was on a cane for probably four, five months. Um, had a really bad limp. Okay. And then when we got home in um, uh, December of '07, um, I got moved to the Wounded Warrior Unit um, over at Hood. Okay. And spent about a year there of rehab and everything else, and then I got out of the military. Okay. After so that. any surgeries? Did you have to undergo? Uh, no, no. The it was a small amount of shrapnel, but it um, hit the right nerves. Right. So it kind of nothing. You know, no, you know, no surgeries for, you know, that. It was just where it had hit and, and some stuff okay. and my nerves in my leg. What about the head injury? What was that specifically? Um, I don't know. The, they're still working on, okay. on, you know, all the head injury stuff okay. and whatnot. I just know that um, I wasn't able to remember my last name. There's a lot of stuff that I wasn't able to to actually speak or remember a lot of stuff. And so over time, things have started to where I'm learning um, uh, stuff again mm -hmm. and whatnot. You would spend, well, I did, and I'm sure others did too who I know. Uh, we would um, end up in classes and go through um, rehab of learning how to help you remember stuff mm -hmm. like by like always writing it down and keep writing it down and keep mm -hmm. doing certain stuff to help you remember you know your everyday stuff so so I don't know if that makes sense, that makes but. absolute sense and are you finding that it's getting it's getting better as you know time goes on every day or um, I honestly think I'm at it like a standstill with it I know what I am have to do to keep up on them on um, all of my own stuff. Okay. And there's days my son's like, you know, m my keys or my wallet or something, I will have it placed in, which I'm sure everyone does. Yeah, I'm just gonna say you that's know, every yeah, day for you know, me. That's, you know, that's everything. <laughs> or I will think I closed the door or locked it and I yeah. didn't. Or just, yeah. you know, small, you know, small stuff now that, you mm -hmm. know, I can see I always do, so. You walk into a room and you go, why did I walk into this room? That happens to me every Everybody, day. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So I would say I'm, you know, I'm, I um, feel like myself again in a sense. Obviously, mm -hmm. I'm not exactly who I was or what, mm -hmm. but overall, I'd say I'm pretty good now in, in, in having to know where I have to, or what I have to do to sustain where I'm at. Okay. So you get home from you know, essentially you were blown up. Yeah. Okay. So you get home. Um, what happens next? Is it just, you, you get out of the military Correct. eventually. Um, was it life as usual? No, it was. Um, so at that time I um, had a wife and so we, we had moved back to the East Bay. Uh, my son was born in November of 08. And so I, got out of the army um, shortly after that. Mm -hmm. 
And so um, I didn't know where I wanted to go, what I wanted to do. All I wanted to do was the Army. I had re-enlisted to head over to Germany. I had all these plans, and they kind of got squashed. Okay. So um, I was lost, honestly. Why, why did I, they get squashed? Well, I got hurt, and so um, I ended up um, getting uh, – I'm out of the Army. Okay. So there – wasn't any jobs I see. left in the army those were, that those I were wanted plans, to do. Correct. Those were plans you made before. Correct. Okay, I see. All right. So, and I thought I would heal and be um, I'm able to do it, and I didn't. So, uh, got out of the army and kind of just sat around for a little bit. I really didn't know what I wanted to do, and my ex-wife. Um, now, but at the time, right. um, was like, well, you like the um, EMS field and whatnot. Why don't you think about doing that? I'm like, I kind of want to be a cop. And that was my next thing. I'm like, well, why not? You know, um, I had spent a year in rehab learning how to run again. I gained like 300. I was just a mess. And I finally started to lose weight again and actually exercise and run and rehab how I should have. And I'm like, I'm going to be a police officer. And that's what I wanted to do. Okay. And so I examined for Oakland PD, um, um, accepted with them the test. Um, that was shortly after the uh, four um, officers got ambushed outside of Oakland or in Oakland. Right. And I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. You know, I want to still serve and whatnot. And sure. then I thought about it. I'm like, you know, I kind of don't want to keep getting sh shot at. You know, it's kind of... It's a good goal to so have, Jeff. I was like, you know, I'm going to go into um, EMS. And so I started taking uh, fire classes. And my ex-wife's um, um, grandpa lived up here in the city of Grants Pass. Okay. And so I was like... and Started look, we, we knew we wanted out of the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. And so started to look for you know internships or sure you know volunteering or whatever I could do and my first call was to where I work now and I don't remember who I spoke to back in 09 but they're like we don't have volunteers we're all paid here sorry yeah uh, you can look um at uh, d3 or d5 or okay. you know whatnot so your first call was to Medford Fire correct, <laughs> correct. okay and so I was like well crap okay <laughs> so so i started school at rcc and going through their emt program and f f fire classes mm -hmm. and linked up with the emt instructor and um, um exam for the city um as a um, intern for the city of grants pass and i and at the time i wasn't um i wasn't accepted at first i think i ranked eighth or something like that i don't okay. know and I was like, well, okay, what am I going to do now, you know? And so I started the volunteer at Rogue River. Okay. And then uh, December of 09, I think it was, uh, I received a call asking if I wanted the um, internship over there at the City of Grants Pass. I'm like, hell yeah, I do. You know, mm -hmm. that'd be awesome. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I started there um, that next term. And spent my year and a half there learning the ins and outs of the job and just learning how to do it. And okay. So. All right. So it sounds like when you, right when you got out of the military, there was a little bit of 
I don't want to say depression, but it sounds like a little bit of. Well, no, you can. I okay, mean, were, were you, you know, depressed? Was, I didn't. I mean, I really didn't know what what I was here to do. Anymore. No direction. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I was lost because every thing I knew I wanted to do as a mm-hmm. kid and as as an adult ended, mm-hmm. you know, in the army. And so I didn't know where sure. I was going to go or help out my son or, you know, th- that life. That, that chapter time. was so, closed. Exactly. Essentially. Yep. Okay. So during all of this time, as you're, you know, kind of figuring out your path, um, did, did the demons of being in war, were they coming back to you? Um, yeah, you know, they, they were, I would always, you know, think about, you know, what had happened and why the, what, you know, the who, what, when, where, why type stuff. And, um, I let it get to me a lot and obviously it caused a lot of issues and whatnot. And, you know, I didn't, again, I didn't think I had a, um, you know, a large issue, you know, with it. I just thought it was normal, Mm -hmm. you know, that because the whole, you know, the whole, a mental health thing wasn't really still even a big deal. It just started to come into play in the last, you know, two or three years to where it actually, well, from what I see anyway, right. you know, a, you know, an actual, you know, an actual, uh, push, I guess, or, um, uh, um, emphasis on it. Well, it seems different. It's definitely different now, I think, but I agree with you maybe several years ago, we just sort of expected you guys to come home and get right back into the life that you had before you left. And it's just, that's a crazy thing to think about now. Now it is. Yeah. But then, then right. The expectation was was normal. Is normal. Exactly. And that, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine how difficult that, that is to, you know, experience what you experienced and then come home and just be Jeff. Yeah, you know, and you know what, though, um, everyone, I can't say everyone because that'd be, you know, right. assuming, but a lot of the guys I know, you know, and uh, went over there with, you know, we've, you know, all experienced stuff. We've all been through a lot of stuff, home, through marriages, divorces, mm-hmm. uh, friends, suicides. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've, I mean, we've experienced a lot since we've been home. But what I've seen now is a lot of my um, dudes that I was over there with, my brothers and friends, is there a lot of them are doing stuff to help other vets, starting ranches. Um, one of the guys started a legacy ranch out. Um, it's somewhere near our old base or like okay. uh, four hours away. But they help, um, they help vets with with severe um, PTSD and Mm -hmm. to house them with, you know, and help with animals and care with, you know, all that, you know. And so I see that we're now making it a big deal, you know, to actually get help, to help others who have experienced or will experience. For sure. And PTSD was very real for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Again, you said at the time it didn't really occur to you. But now looking back, it was something that was very real for you. Oh, it is. You know, and you know, it was and and that it is, you know, honestly, I think I will always have it. I will always Mm -hmm. 
have those emotions and whatnot. It's just now knowing how to deal with them right. and how not to deal with them. And so that's one thing I've learned, you know, and that's one thing that I am, you know, hoping and what I have, you know, brought to where I'm at now, you know, is to is to be that support person mm -hmm. for, you know, for, you know, for some of our guys who will go through sure through, you know, calls or what not at work or home life or whatever mm -hmm. it may be. Well, cause you've, you have lived it. And like you said, you know, the ways to deal with PTSD to make it better. Well, well, I'm not an expert obviously. Yeah. But I mean, but, but you um, have lived through it. Yeah. yeah and that correct. makes, that and kind that, of makes you an expert to me. And no, I'm no, there's an individual who I won't name is, is she's awesome. And, and that she um, helped me. Okay. through a lot of stuff and so you know learning from that learning from my time you know to learn on how to deal with those mm -hmm. you know with that those issues and to know that it is that it's not normal and that we all need help here and there you know mm -hmm. to to get us back on track okay you know and so and this is something that you just said, you know, you, it, this will be something that you have to work probably for the rest of your oh, yeah. life. No, I mean, I mean, if you look at from what I've seen anyway, is any major event in your life, you're, mm -hmm. you will always have to work through it and you can either let it eat you up and, and basically destroy you or you, or you f figure out how to handle it and you work through it and you keep working through it mm -hmm. to where it's to where it's easier to work through those issues. What are some of the things that help you? Um, like, is there anything physical? I mean, I'm sure uh, I golf. Okay. Um, even though I'm horrible at it, I get pissed, <laughs> but I love to golf. Um, I love to go out and shoot guns. Um, mm -hmm hikes, um, run, just like, you know, PT exercise, mm -hmm. um, outdoor sports, softball, you know, just, you know, hang out with my son. I was going to say your kiddo. You know, yeah. He's a huge, you know, it's, it's weird, but like now he's at the age where we can go out and experience life. He's not a baby anyway. He's mm -hmm. nine, almost 10. I was going to say he's 10. And he acts about 18 most days. <laughs> So, but, um, no, you know, and him and I have a blast, you know, awesome. we go out and do stuff every year, trips, um, uh, took him to see Jake Owen when that, he was at Brit, we were in the, um, uh, he was at the gate, like right up in front and then awesome. he, and he snagged up a pick and a stick from, from them <laughs> and got to shake his hand and, you know, the whole hand bump thing right. and. You know, just, you know, stuff like that is what makes everything worth it. You know, the, the you know, where I'm at now, you know, with the awesome career, awesome um, uh, um, individuals who I work with mm -hmm. every day and just what I'm able to do and, you know, experience and, you know, especially with him, 
you know, that is, you know, that is something I didn't have as a kid. Mm -hmm. And so speaking of your awesome career, uh, you got on with Medford Fire Correct. when? Um, 2014. Okay. Was that a goal to yeah. be with Medford? It, it was. When when I started as an intern, I knew I wanted to work here. Okay. And so um, one, of the, one of the stories I used in my interview, and I still, you know, speak of it because it's hilarious, is I was in a um, uh, um, um, pumper operator class and... Sean uh, Schmitty yes. was my instructor. And uh, at the time, I really I really had no interest in the whole engineering aspect. Okay. But I knew I had to do the class. And he always told me, he was like, you'll make a good line guy, but I don't know if you can drive and pump. Like, just, like, like I can't remember the exact words of it, but I used that in my... Um, when I spoke uh, in my uh, um, um, interview, right, and had everyone laughing, just like, nice, just like cry laughing. It Perfect, was hilarious. So, so um, with Medford Fire, and I know there's, I've talked to James Opelt, mm -hmm. um, and there's some other guys now who he's now he's a hero. Well, I think that he would probably is, say the same about you. He, I respect that dude a lot. He, you know. It's, you know, it's crazy that that him and I got hired together because we were over in Iraq at the same time. Right. There's one other guy who we work with. He was over in Iraq at the right. same time. Well, and James and so, was blown up too. Yep. So you guys, so, I mean, there's really this kind of connection oh yeah, no, for you two. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, there is for sure. That's awesome. Um, we're going to wrap things up and I'm going to get to the final three. Um, but I just want to say thank you for your service. So Thank pretty you. awesome. Uh, best advice you've ever been given? <laughs> There's a lot. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know best. There's always duck. Um, but um, You can say what you uh, said before we even got started. It was pretty funny. Uh, um, shoot back. <laughs> um, no, I'd say the best advice is, you know, that... I'd say that I probably use now is, you know, um, ask for help if you need it, hmm. you know, cause we all, I mean, I know for me, we can't get to where we want to go without help, regardless if it's small or big, you know, helping to move, you know, a bed or a desk or mm -hmm. something like that. You ask for help, you know? And so that's one of the main things I would say is, you know, ask if, you know, you need it. It's not bad, you know. It'll, mm -hmm. I mean, it will help you in the long run. It may save your marriage. It may save your kids. may save your life. Your life, exactly. Okay. So. If you ever left this place, Southern Oregon, uh, what would bring you back here? What would you miss the most? Well, I know when I retire, I want to go back near Austin, Texas. That's where I want to retire. Um but I, um, I love Southern Oregon. I love who I've met here. I love working here. I love the atmosphere. You know, I'm head over on the coast, mm -hmm. you know, only hour and a half away. Mm -hmm. You know, just, you know, I'd say the whole atmosphere of it is, you know, is awesome. I would always, you know, come back okay. for sure. Awesome. And then if you were ever given a final meal and a final drink, what would that look? A final meal and final look. drink? Yeah, your last meal on earth. 
What would it look like? Snow on Earth. Um, <laughs> hell, I don't know. <laughs> I'd probably, I'd say a steak. I don't know. Okay, perfect. I mean, I'm sure, that's everyone's response. Not, not really. Uh, no, but no, steak I, is definitely on my list. Yeah, I don't know. I've never really actually thought about it to be honest okay, with you. Well, so. now you're gonna think about it. All right, Jeff Matchkey. This, uh, if you're listening to this podcast on iTunes and you like it, please subscribe, rate, and review. It helps other people find us. We are also on Google Play. And if you can, uh, if you want to check out the video portion of this podcast, just head to ktvl.com, click on features, and then off script. Once again, Jeff Matchkey, thank you so much. Thank you.